Welcome back, Melons. We are hosts. I'm Reed. And I'm Drew. Thank you for coming back to When Life Gives You Melons and continuing this journey with us. We're very excited. Yeah, today we are nipping in the bud uh, that dyslexia isn't real. Isn't this going to be fun? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the physical things that we can see in the brain, both um, when we look at a brain, uh, like holding it, and also on the scans, so um, how we're sending around our information. Yep. Anything you'd like to add? Um, no. I'm looking forward to this. I found this fascinating. I find it fascinating to learn more and more about my brain and how my brain works. Yeah, it's, it has been interesting to um, look at the research that's out there and learn a bit more about why we are the way we are. Mm-hmm. When we think about reading, we need to remember that we're really testing a person's ability to understand that words are made up of sounds. Take the word cat. The word cat is made up of three different letters, and each of those letters has a distinct sound, and a dyslexic's brain has a hard time pulling those three separate sounds apart. And that is just one small word. Language just gets more complicated the further down the path of reading and writing you go. Dyslexia involves trouble connecting sounds that make up words with the letters that represent those sounds. Reading is complicated, and we honestly forget that as humans, we didn't evolve with the ability to read. We created reading. It's an invention of our own, which is honestly pretty cool. When we learn to read, we actually are changing the pathways in our brain. So the question could be posed... Is a dyslexic brain the original form a brain has? And is a reading brain the actual variant here? Interesting thought. I like that thought. Yeah, I mean, I have heard that from other places. And we also will see and talk about that with these scans. uh, The dyslexic brain does uh, show pathway changes Mm -hmm. and you get reading intervention. That's one of the things I did find fascinating about this. Yeah, so we're going to dive into a little bit more of um, what we see on the brain here. And uh, with that, I would encourage everyone to go and look at our Instagram, melons.podcast, small plug, because we're going to have some uh, visuals for you, a couple of brain images and a little bit of what we're talking about here. I've loved learning about the brain and how it works. And one of the things I think is absolutely completely interesting is that since the brain doesn't naturally read... It has to hijack different aspects, different parts of the brain in order to accomplish this type of decoding because it doesn't naturally do this type of decoding. And when you scan the brain of a reader, you can see exactly which parts of the brain are being taken over to accomplish this decoding task of reading, which is awesome that the brain is capable of that. Yeah, and to add a little something interesting to that, we know what the original uses for these pathways were. The first one was for sound comprehension of language. The second one is the ability to log common scene objects in your day-to-day life as fast recall pictures. And this part of the brain is where we're able to recall sight words from. And then the final part of the brain 
is the area to articulate speech, which we still use the way we always have, but the processing is coming from a different area, this reading pathway that we've created. These reading pathways can be found on the left-hand side of the brain in a regular reader. I'm about to butcher some medical terminology, so please bear with me. I am only human. When looking at a brain scan, these areas would be called the Broca's area, which is for speech, and that's in the front of your brain, the occipital temporal area, which is for word formation, and the parsipital temporal area. And both these temporal areas are in junction points in the back left side of the brain. So go look at the images that we're putting up on Instagram and you'll be able to see a little bit more what I'm talking about here. So these are things that we can see on a regular brain scan. The left side is lighting up like a little Christmas tree the way it should. Information is coming in to our bottom left side of the brain, getting processed and analyzed there, and then sent to the front part of our brain, still on the left-hand side, for speech. So let's dive into what we see on the brain scan of a dyslexic. What is making us so different? What is the different processing pathway that we see? Drew, you want to enlighten us on this? Yeah, no, I I thought I thought this was very interesting because yeah, a a reader brings in their visual information into the bottom left side of the brain. For a dyslexic, we bring our information in through the right side of the brain. Then we shoot it up counterclockwise to the middle of the right side of the brain, which is where we do our decoding and our processing. Then we shoot it over to the left side of the brain to the same spot of speech for the finished product as readers do. And one of the other things I find interesting is that that part of the brain for speech tends to be bigger in dyslexics because that's where some of the compensating for decoding is done. Yeah, so with this, we can see a little bit of why dyslexics have um, issues with our working memory. It's taking a pathway that was never meant to be used for reading and also taking a longer route to get our information to the final destination. Yeah, because it has to jump from the right side to the left side to accomplish it. Yeah. So it's been told to me this way. The dyslexic's way of processing is kind of like driving a car. Everyone else is taking the highway. They're taking the left-hand side, and they're going fast. And a dyslexic is taking the right-hand side, which is the scenic route, and it's going to take us a little bit longer to get there. But we, we tend to have a deeper understanding of the information being received once we get through the processing. So if we think about the brain, that's basically the overview of the software components. Let's talk about hardware. And keep in mind here that most of these studies are based off of people that are right-handed dominant, um, dyslexics and non-dyslexics, and that is um, something to think about when we are looking at the uses of the brain. So, When you look at the brain, the brain is made up of gray matter and white matter. 
gray matter is what you see when you actually look at the brain. It's the, the, the meat of the brain. White matter is the small connective tissues in the brain. So another way of looking at it is gray matter is the processing part of the brain and white matter is the connecting cables of the brain. So something that's interesting when we look at the physical brain is that normally, if you're a right-handed dominant human being, you have a bit of hemispheric asymmetry where the left side is larger than the right side of your brain. Dyslexics have either our brains being symmetrical or having the reverse of that symmetry where our right side is bigger than our left. So with these size differences, we don't know what exactly causes them. The research is showing that these differences could play a part in our issues with reading and spelling. And it, I mean, it makes sense. In dyslexics, that middle left part of the brain where readers do the decoding and categorizing of words, it has been shown that that part of the brain has less white matter in it, which can lead to that part of the brain having difficulties talking and communicating with other parts of the brain. Yeah, so that's probably, I mean, this is a mild speculation here, but that could be why we're seeing the brain attempting to take it from pathway to begin with is because we're seeing these physical differences. And to continue on with that, we would ask, what does intervention give us? Dyslexia intervention. One that focuses on the difficulty in mapping language to print. That teaches the relationship between sound and letters in a very explicit and structured way. We start seeing different pathways in our brain lighting up. We start seeing the, the air quote, normal left side brain working the way it, it should be working. But I would keep in mind that dyslexic processing is how your brain is wired to function. So we get a new pathway with intervention, but we also keep our dyslexic pathway. So we always have this dyslexic processing, no matter what. Well, and just and just something I wanted to add to that real quick was um, it's important that dyslexics get this intervention so that they can learn to process words or create those pathways in order to do the processing. But because we have less white matter in that particular pathway going through the left side of the brain, we'll never be able to read as fast as everybody else. It gives us a, another tool to use and um, does help us uh, progress. It does. It's just always going to be a bit of a struggle. It's always Dyslexia is always going to be there, but it helps us have more skills to overcome okay. the difficulties in everyday life. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Definitely. So this research that we've looked into has told us all of the things of why we see dyslexia processing differently, possibly with both um, physical differences and ones that we have to view via scans. New research is looking at these differences in the brain with a different viewpoint. Instead of looking at why we function differently, they're trying to look at how we function better. There are certain things that dyslexics excel at. And I'm not going to get into a ton of it right now because it is its own episode, but I will label a couple for you here. Dyslexics are often labeled as big picture thinkers. 
we have this uncanny ability to take in multiple facets of information, decipher through it, and figure out what information is pertinent to our end goal. Dyslexics also commonly score higher on puzzle tests, those tests that you get for your IQ that you have to figure out the next pattern, you have to figure out how to decipher the puzzle, or you have to find the nine out of a sea of sixes. These are all things that dyslexics commonly excel at. And this research is trying to look at why we are functioning higher in certain areas instead of focusing on why we aren't functioning. That makes me very happy that they're doing that research um, to find out, like, we think differently. And instead of looking at it as a problem, looking at how it benefits, that that makes me, I mean, there's nothing worse than feeling like people think you're broken. Yeah, looking at why it's benefiting that way. Like, why is it doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, which is really cool. It's very cool. It makes me, it makes me very happy they're doing research, looking at it from that perspective. So with all of this, we can see that dyslexia is in the brain. There is, you can scan the brain and actually see the way a dyslexic's brain works versus a reader's brain. We also know that it is genetic. If your parent has it, it's 50% more likely that you will have it. It is a genetic brain makeup that's visual on scans. We can see that it involves processing issues with the left side of the brain. And we can also see via this research that it doesn't affect our general intelligence. So in the end, what we're saying is dyslexia is real. And um, go look up all the scans if you don't believe me. This is about as detailed as I am able to get. (laughs) No, and we're providing them on... Um, yeah, we'll provide you with source links, yeah. um, as usual. Go look at the scans where we provided them. So, I guess that's it for this episode. Unless you have anything else you'd like to say. No, it's been fun. Um, I'm very happy to be here. I'm happy where I'm seeing the research of dyslexia going, and I'm happy to be helping spread the information out there so that people are more aware of this learning difference. Yeah, I've... Although this has been the most uh, dry part of all of my dyslexia research, it has been enlightening, to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. And thank you for sticking along with us. We understand we don't pronounce everything correctly with this episode. And We're not doctors. Research is always changing. Um, so thanks for sticking around. And living through our, our butchered word pronunciations. <laughs> This is a community, and we love talking with you guys, and we appreciate you listening. Yeah, as always, please give us a follow and review us so that we know if we're helping anybody or if we should just be quiet. (laughs) Ah, you can't make us quiet. No, I will say you can't make us quiet, please. Yeah, you can go and follow us on Instagram at melons.podcast. If you message me there, I will message you back. There's a person on the other side of that. Um, Along with that over there is the images for today's episode. And I do post attemptively weekly. But don't hold me to that because I can't promise anything ever. Cool. Because you're human. Um, Because I'm human. So I guess that wraps up our episode. Till the next time, Melons, be different, be kind.